Dan, I'm glad to meet you. I won't keep you too long, but want to uh, talk about this album and talk a little Triple H and NXT TakeOver and uh, get your opinion on a couple things and talk a little pandemic and stuff and uh, appreciate the time today, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. You know, for the past three months, I've been saying it. And even as we get deeper into the year, it's not going to change my mind. My number one album of the year is by far Code Orange and Underneath and, and an incredible album. So I want to first and foremost say Thank you for delivering something fresh and new. And what I wanted to get in, into with you is really kind of the, the DIY spirit of Code Orange. And you made this album really on your own, or or if you didn't know something or you needed something, you reached out to somebody or you looked it up on YouTube and figured it out. For sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you very much for that, because uh, it's awesome to hear somebody, you know, who has a platform say that and be putting that out there, because as you know, it's very tough being a newer metal and rock band trying to get out there and put some pump something fresh to people because you know it often feels like there's not really any type of platform for that whatsoever no matter what the quality of the art is and that kind of leads me to what you were saying about us being diy we're you know we're diy by nature but we're also just diy by well because it's necessary you know we've had to figure out how to make this whole thing work from the ground up and we come from you know the punk and hardcore scene so we have many years of touring whether it's you know houses or vfw halls or shows we book ourselves you know, up into the small clubs, up until, you know, now we're you know, opening up for the Slipknots and System of Downs and things like that. But uh, it's just a, that process of, you know, no one's really there to tell you how to do certain things. So, yeah, we try to use modern technology and uh, just drive to learn how to do as much as possible. So, uh, you know, this record was really built off the back of that, just learning how to fuse like this new musical technology with what we love, which is like raw, hard, heavy, true heavy music, you know, and, and metal and hardcore. So yeah, I think that is how we are, we're able to bridge that gap is just learning as much as possible from those around us and trying to incorporate it our own way with the resources we have. I love what you've done, uh, especially on this album and kind of want to get into a little bit of uh, the lyric writing. And, and I wonder if that's all on your shoulders, if everyone kind of pitches in yeah. and, and then now yeah, you that's know, me. a couple albums now with Reba, but uh, I feel like you're getting to to write her voice a lot better now on this album too with some more time with her for sure no she's like my best friend and she has all kinds of input on the vocals i mean normally they're like really supportive of you know i've been we started this band when we were really young so i've always kind of written the lyrics and they're they're always really supportive of that and they'll give me totally give me tips and ideas on like things that don't really work and what they think but mostly we're all pretty much on the same page and then like on the vocal front she'll change up a lot of things and they kind of let me be the director you know and she's like so talented and it makes it so easy to, to figure out awesome things for her to do and she adds so much to it so i love hearing you know her voice and your voice and then really even when you guys like blend it together on like who am i just like melting butter man I mean, to me, it's like colors we've built up, you know, because you probably agree, like heavy music, as great as it is, can get really boring and one-dimensional, especially for people who, you know, aren't so immersed in it. And so, like, our goal is to just have as many different, you know, tools to play with as possible to show that throughout the whole record, you know, you're guessing like as if you were watching, you know, some type of psychological horror film or science fiction movie as opposed to just listening to, you know, a record, which a lot of times a heavy metal record, which can feel often like you're looking at, you know, a flat piece of art, even even if it's really great. We wanted this to be more, you know, multidimensional, like you're standing in the middle of this whole, uh, you know, universe of sound. So that's, I mean, that's at least the goal for us. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's why, but I love it. It's an actual album. It takes you on a journey. There's a you know a beginning, middle, and end, and and it's a really a roller coaster sure. ride through emotions, and really a big transition for you, literally stepping out in front on this album. And I love the uh, the new robotic mic stand thing you got going on. But talk about yeah. making that the time now for you to kind of metamorphosize and come out in, up front and center. Based on what you said about the mic stand, you know, shade our keyboard. It's like when you were talking about that DIY stuff earlier. You know, when we went into this record, we wanted to have all of these cool set pieces and stuff. But like you said, you know, we don't have all these money resources. So him and like this local artist built that mic stand. You know, that's a 3D printed mic stand that he worked on with a local artist. And, wow. and he created the whole design. And, you know, all the keyboard panels and stuff he has with all the like Geiger-esque, like alien type stuff that kind of relates to uh, the world we're painting on the album. He made all of that too. So like everything is very DIY on our end. But in terms of transitioning to the front man position, you know, it was kind of like a mix of two things. One, you know, the music was getting more complicated and in order to keep that energy that really we felt was a huge part of us, we needed to do something to kind of loosen the stage up a little bit. And B, you know, we did some gigs opening up for well, the one that kind of really turned my head. You know, we've been a band for a long time and I always kind of thought, you know, I was previously the drummer and the singer and Reba sang also and I thought it was a barrier we could make, break through but the bigger gigs we would play, you know, we opened for Slipknot for some shows in Europe, I just felt there was like a wall that couldn't be broken that we had because I knew we were great, you know, I really felt in my heart we were great we'd really worked hard but it just still was there no matter how good we were and it was like, okay, I think on this one it's the perfect time to switch things up, keep things exciting and give that front element to it. But, you know, I mean, I've, I've had to do a lot of those duties anyway, so it just made sense in that regard. And being a, a music nerd like I am, I have to ask, are like the, the extra guys, are they, are they official touring members or are they part of the Code Orange clan now? <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, the 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 new drummer, uh, he, he he's definitely part of the clan, but, you know, we have to, you got to see, you know, so we kind of almost made him like a character in the kind of like universe in some ways we're building, you know, it's not too comic book or anything, but like he wears this see-through mask that's the same uh, sculpture of that, the, that the main character on the front of the record is like trapped in or whatever. So we kind of put ingrain him into like the, the concept behind the record. And as it goes on, hopefully he'll be able to kind of, you know, be, his own but he definitely has to earn his stripes because we've been working hard for a long time we've all been best friends since we were in middle school so he's gonna have to earn that i love it it's almost kind of reminiscent of uh the tortilla man in, in slipknot kind of as, far yeah. as like, who is this unmasked for sure, person? For sure. and you know mentioning slipknot I, I of course got to say i love absolutely love the tune that you did the hunt with Corey taylor and and had to get yeah. get how that came together and what an honor it must have been for you to get to work with him He's just a great dude. Like we, we, we wanted to do this EP and like we knew we were building towards our record and uh, we had the song and I literally it was as simple as we were in the studio making it. I texted him, hey, I got this part like long shot, but would you want to do it? And he just hit me back instantly down, did it a week later, nothing, no problems, just did it. Like I went hard, like I laid the track down for him and then he just did over it. So he's uh, he's an awesome dude. He's done, he's not like some rock star dude at all. He's just a great down to earth dude who's was down to get in the mud and help us. And I think we made an awesome track and I thought it was cool like I felt like I hadn't heard him sound like how he sounded on that track in a while and we were able to like mix it and make it sound real evil so I thought that was tight yeah and, and he's really been giving you guys a lot of love I mean when people ask him about bands you're like the first word that comes out of his mouth which is it gotta like give you goosebumps I would imagine 
It definitely motivates us. Like for us, like the way I've kind of always explained it to people for us is like, I really feel like we're doing something different. And, and because of that, there's not really one linear path for us to like some type of grand success. It's going to take a lot of different elements, constantly, constantly pushing, constantly doing new things, coming up with new ideas. And like, you know, somebody like that saying something like that is, you know, just chipping another, chipping at another piece. Cause you know, there's no built in audience for code orange. It's going to be pieces of a lot of things. Cause it's, different and uh so him doing that is really helpful and you know i don't know if he knows that or if he just you know just kind of winging it but i really appreciate that i've told him that many times well i think it's honest and sincere and that's that's the best part of it that's you know that's where it's coming from one other guy that that uh you did work with that i got to hear about too because i'm a big fan of him but chris Vrenna helping out on the new album talk about getting him involved and you had just kind of reached out to him and said can you help right yeah, he's awesome, man. You know, Nick Raskulenitz, who worked with us on the record, he was the one who suggested to bring him in. And to us, it was almost like, wow, why did we not think of that? This guy's in, like, made so, literally a couple of our favorite records of all time. Uh, he was in the era of, you know, my favorite era of my favorite band. You know, Nine Inch Nails is my favorite era of it. So he was the greatest guy. He just worked with Shade. And thankfully, you know, I think it was good because Shade had Shade and all of us had done so much groundwork in terms of all the ideas, sounds, and everything were pretty much there even before we went to, you know, to the actual recording session we made these like very high concept demos with like hundreds of tracks like this psychotic you know then he just helped us smooth it all out add some cool thing gave shade his sample library helped do all this great technical work talked shade a lot and then having a relationship with him has been awesome he just like passed down so much cool knowledge and really just like motivated us because he was so excited about it he thought it was like the coolest thing he had heard that or at least that's what he said you know in a long time and like if he's saying that then that made us feel good about where we were going so he's a great guy did did he help out on the easy way? Because when I heard that and I heard that tune, I was like, that that to me sounds like Verena, but you tell me. Well, I mean, I think that's just our influence, to be honest, because, you know, like the tunes were pretty much all put together before we went in. So, uh, I mean, he helped do some layering. He did actually help with the electronics, like sounding a lot better. He did help with that. We has, He updated a lot of the sounds with us. But, yeah, we're obviously have that influence and it definitely shines on that song, even though I think that song also brings some new stuff to the table with like dueling guitar solos and like this like whole like to me, it's like this like almost like video game ish, like racing kind of song or something. So it's like it brings a lot of different elements but yeah that influence of of them and him is definitely there and he definitely helped to tighten it tune it all up all right so i got to get your opinion because we're obviously nine inch nails fans and i got into this debate with my wife the other day album one or album two which is your favorite pretty hate machine or downward spiral for me it's not even close downward spiral is my favorite album of all time and it probably always will be because i love pretty hate machine i love the fragile i love broken ep i love i love i i love a lot of the new stuff they've done a ton of it i think they're amazing band top bottom all the scoring he's done has been unbelievable i like those couple first albums because i think they have that almost like metallic you know almost hardcore energy to them but downward spiral is like obviously you know we're influenced by a lot of things that's obviously a big time primary influence and uh just the depth the scope the darkness the cinematic feel the high concept ideas you know downward spiral is what made me just get so detailed on the concepts of this record to the point where i got notebooks i have photo books i've printed out i have computer worth of anything you know there is to talk about content wise it's kind of there's kind of an answer to some extent and you know that record really influenced me in that way and it's my favorite record ever so yeah no question what's your favorite tune off of that album Uh, man that's really tough i don't know i mean maybe ruiner maybe it literally pains me to to pick reptile probably i'd have to say though but uh 
All right, Reptile. Bitchin', I'll rock that one for you. And Jamie, I appreciate all the time and just having some fun kind of geeking out, being music fans like we are. Let me ask you a question I like to ask every band talking about just as being fans, you you being a singer, but you're a music fan, just like I am and what I do on my end. We're all music fans. That's why we do this. So I want to play this little music game with you, kind of make you pick your favorite, like I did with the Nine Inch Nails records. I want to make your pick your favorite out of five bands that I've kind of... Uh, okay encapsulated as 90s rock and I, i've nicknamed them the flannel five okay so you can kind of see where i'm going with this but i'm curious your yeah. favorite out of nirvana earl jam stone temple pilot Soundgarden, alice in chains who's your numero uno of the flannel five alice in chains mine for too. sure mine too but tell me why tell me what would you love about them Dude, Alice in Chains is just so raw and so emotional, and like you can just feel the darkness of of that dude's life, of those dudes' <laughs> lives, you know, all in that music. Dirt is one of the, my favorite records ever, and I just feel like uh, they just have this like true darkness to them that. I, not, I mean, I love Nirvana too, but I don't know. There's, I, I love the artistic direction. I love everything about it. I love how all those first records all have this kind of, not exactly uniform, but like this, they all obviously come from one aesthetic and one vibe. And it's just so emotional and so raw. And there's no band that sounds like them. Like, no. you know, we even talked maybe trying to do a cover or something. It's like, it's so tough because it's like, no, you can't, it's just so hard to recreate. And uh, I think that's really rare. I think some of the other bands you mentioned, you know, Allison Change is not just songs. It's like it's from someone's dark soul. You know what I mean? Like, truly. So, yeah, Allison Change for sure. Riffs, those like Jerry Cantrell riffs, those Sabbathy riffs, those dirty riffs, and then those like haunting vocals with, with Jerry and, and Lane, like just, uh, but you and Reba, would, I think, would do it justice for sure. We never really done it too many covers in like our modern era, but yeah, we're thinking about doing it for something we have coming up, so we'll see if we can pull it off. I don't know. I don't know if you can give away the cover, but I got to make you pick an Alice in Chains tune, which wink, wink might be the cover that you end up picking. What, what would be your favorite Alice in Chains tune or one to play on the radio? Let's go rain when I die. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I love that song. I appreciate all the time, Jamie. Last couple things for you. Got to touch on Coachella. and bummed to see that that has, has gone away, at least until next year. But uh, were you looking forward to playing Coachella? I imagine you were looking forward to going out there and shocking people, right? <laughs> Having their, their jaws yeah, hit the ground I mean, when they saw you. I'm all, I'm really always looking forward to that because I feel this has said a lot, but I really feel it's true for us is we don't fit in one box. We are a metal band and we always will be in a punk band and a hardcore band. We always will be, but you know, we love hip hop and all other kinds of music and you can hear that on this record. So we were very excited to get out there and do that. Not to only shock people, but just to show people that a band like us doesn't have to just be a token name on one of those lineups. You know, we can do well, we can fit, we can kill it. So uh, yeah, I was really looking forward to that, but hey, listen, man, we've had, we had a lot of opportunities in this whole thing that have fallen apart and fallen away but so is everybody in the world so yeah. we're all riding this thing the same way we don't really care we will nothing's going to stop us from getting where we need to go so it'll happen if it's going to happen if it don't then i don't really care it is what it is i, I bet you were going to be uh, doing your best to watch as much as possible of raging it's a machine though at the at coachella yeah that would have been awesome man it would have been really cool to see that and you know oh, i want to send a little message to rage against the machine i have my guy sunny he has a website called hate five six he's an amazing filmographer he he is the biggest Rage Against the Machine fan in the world. He's the best live video guy in the world. When Rage Against the Machine comes back, you better have him filming. That's all I got to say. So, period. <laughs> Love it. Last couple of things. I got to talk about uh, just performing underneath on the uh, WWE NXT TakeOver and get, getting to hang yeah. with Triple H. Is, is Triple H like the GOAT bad guy of all time? Is he the ultimate heel? Is there a better heel than Triple H? 
Dude, he's pretty awesome. I mean, I, I I remember, you know, the first, like, wrestling pay-per-view I ever watched, because I'm pretty young, was uh, actually the WrestleMania where it was, like, Hogan and The Rock. <laughs> it was, like, WrestleMania 18. Then I went back and, like, watched a lot of stuff. So, you know, he, I remember he was actually in the main event of that after Hogan and The Rock. And I thought he, even then, I was like, this guy, he does he did an awesome job, because that's a tough spot to come after those two guys. So, yeah, uh, yeah I feel uh, Triple H is the man, dude. Triple H in person is like the coolest guy ever. He's, dude, he's so hyper involved in our performances that it's like almost like he's kind of directing, you know, him and him and us. He got us to get creative about our directing like the music video, you know. He's so involved. He's talking to us. He's talk. I sat in the ring and talked to him solo yeah. for like 20 minutes. Like, I saw he's just those, a great dude. So I saw those photos. Yeah. I was like, but is he giving you marketing advice or what, what, what it looked like he was giving you some dude, sort of advice? Straight up. Yeah. I mean, well, he, we were just talking about like how we were talking about what I kind of said at the beginning here, which is like, there's no platforms for heavy music. Like, I firmly believe, and some people laugh in my face or whatever, if Code Orange was around in 1997 or 2002 or whatever, we wouldn't, you know, we'd be, we'd be on top, period, because I think we're that good. I think it's very hard to now to get this kind of music out to people. And like we were just talking about how they're kind of providing a really cool platform in that way and how they can like continue that. And he was just telling me if we do any concerts or anything, well, actually, like they want to help promote. And like, he's just a fan of, of stuff and he's a fan of us and, and I think he liked our work ethic, how we were willing to drive down there. You know, we drove in our van 20 hours on about a week's notice just to go down there. I mean, we had drive and uh, and we, we came, performed hard as we could. So, yeah, it was it was a great conversation. And he also taught me how to wet my hair properly before going out there. Ah. But you know he's the master of. Well, yeah, so. and, the, and the big water spit when he gets into the ring. Oh yeah, but you got to keep that long hair wet. That's people don't know that, but that's like the key, the secret key. And he and he helped do that. There's no better bad guy than him. I think he, I think he's the greatest of all time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's awesome, man. Uh, it's funny because I'm a lot older than you and grew up more during the Hogan era and then the the extreme era. Like I love the Hardy Boys when they were first coming around those first uh, table oh, yeah, ladders, chairs matches, like those TLC matches back in the day. Who's some NXT guys I should be watching out for? Because I'm trying to get back into it. But who who do you really like in NXT right now? My favorite NXT guy right now is this dude called Karrion Cross. He's like kind of like their new, like he just came out. He's like almost like their new main guy maybe, but he like did a bunch of MMA and has like a really awesome kind of dark vibe. But uh, he's been a fan of us for years. He actually used to come out to Forever, one of our songs from our last record on like the independent scene. And now see him, he's already in the main event of the next NXT. So he's like, he's awesome. So check him out. Karrion Cross, check him out. Great. Yeah, I know. I love uh, uh, Alistair Black, who I know you did a, a song for as well. Oh, him too. too. And Bray Wyatt. Are you really seeing that like crossover are you starting to do you feel like you're starting to to get some code orange fans out of the wwe with all that you've done for sure yeah i definitely get i definitely feel like we're getting some crossover and i definitely feel like uh it's a, like i said there's not a lot of platforms so it's cool that there's something out there like that for us to reach out to so yeah i think we're getting a lot of crossover from that and hopefully more of those fans come to us and maybe we're a little crazier than what they're used to for sure i mean when you really dig into the record <laughs> but uh i think at least on the surface you know there's a couple songs in the record that i'm really hoping really want to get on the radio and try to connect with some people and we need more people like yourself to step up and put some new new stuff on the on the on these airways because you know if not in 10 years 15 years maybe 20 years whatever there ain't gonna be all these bands to play i mean they're already getting up there yeah so we need to make some new ones and and i don't think it's not just us there's a lot of great ones but we certainly should be at the lead of that conversation so we're gonna do our best yeah no absolutely man i agree with you it's like it's like the nxt 
NXT. It's like the training ground for the WWE. You got to start bringing up these baby bands because one day Metallica is going to retire. Yeah, and there are great bands like ourselves that have a vision and people don't see them in the same categories as some of these bands. Not, not to say we're Metallica or anything, but right, right. at the end of the day, we're something. We're Code Orange. We don't got to be Metallica. We don't got to be Slipknot. We don't got to be Alice in Chains. We're our own thing, and we put just as much work in and just as much thought into every single second as anyone ever has in history of this kind of music. So whether we're big, small, whatever in between, people, you know, because they're conditioned to think a certain way, they kind of put people in, in categories and bands in categories. You know, don't get me wrong. If it's mono we mono we can step with that absolutely any of those bands so i mean we just need the opportunity that's it i mean and we're, we're gonna get it i love it i love the passion i love the drive it, it, it's infectious man and it's how i try to live my life as well last question for you to learn a little bit more about you not the musician but you as an individual i kind of like this fill in the blank question when it comes to blank i spare no expense when it comes to blank, I mean, probably music, you know? I mean, outside of music. Give me, give me something outside, outside of music. Of, I mean, I don't like doing that much. I train jiu-jitsu, which I'm passionate about, and I've been doing that for, for about six or seven years, so probably that, yeah, I mean. But other than that, my head's in the game at all times, because if you ain't in the game, you're already out, so <laughs> that's it. I love it, Jamie. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much, man, for real. Thank you. Thanks, Jamie. Have a good one. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now do me a favor and subscribe to it. Radioactive Mike Z, available on all the major platforms. And while you're at it, follow me on Instagram at MikeZ967, and I'll follow you back, bro. Most importantly, don't miss the show, Wired in the Empire, every Saturday night, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on 96.7 KCAL Rocks.